everyone. Welcome to Midweek at the Compass. My name's Jake. I'm our Three Rivers pastor, our online pastor, and I'm just the guy here who's excited to be joining you today because we are talking about our weekend sermon series called Deconstruction, A Doubter's Journey. You know, over the course of this week, I've been stewing more and more on what we were talking about in particular this past weekend. You see, mixed in with this sermon series, Jeff laid out five common themes we see play out as to why people go through this journey of faith deconstruction. You know, we talked about a couple of different avenues of it. There are kind of three ways to go through deconstruction. Two of them seem generally healthy. One of them seems pretty unhealthy, but it's age old and it's incredibly common. So on today's midweek, I'm not joined by another guest. I'm not having a conversation with somebody else. I just want to talk to each of you. Because as Jeff was laying out these five different reasons people go through a faith deconstruction and how we saw that in the life of Peter as told in the gospel of John, I was resonating with them. So much so that as I was walking through them, so many of them at different points and stages of my life have stories as to where I was wrestling and doubting. Could God be in the midst of this? Could God even be real? Am I living out my own faith or am I living out my parents' faith? I started to wrestle through a lot of that. So I just want to start with the reminder of what were these five things we see as to why people nowadays are going through this faith deconstruction. And laid out specifically here, the five are church hurt, Christian hypocrisy, countercultural ways, personal failure, and life disappointment. I don't know about you, but I've got stories for almost every single one of them. And there are stories that I just want to take a few moments to share with you. You know, because when I'm thinking about church hurt, it might be easy to think that, oh, you're on staff, you're a pastor, you don't have church hurt that you're dealing with. And you'd be a little bit mistaken. You see, back when I was first sensing a call into ministry, I was really wrestling with God of, are you in this, in this moment? Are you asking me to leave my full-time career and join a church staff? And I've gotten the opportunity to share that story with a lot of you over the course of weekend services, podcast episodes, one-on-one conversations. And it's a great story of God's faithfulness. But there's a part of it that tends to get left out. You see, when I was first going through these conversations, I applied for a youth ministry job here at the Compass Church. It was well over 10 years ago at this point, and it's one where I was walking through the process of, will I be the hire for this role? And I got down to the final two. It was me and this other applicant, and the people that were working through the hiring process came to a determination. And guess what that was? Jake? this isn't the role for you. Jake, the church that you love and have been serving at and that you are asking to come on for full-time employment for, it's not the time and it's not the season for it. We're going to go with this other guy. I was devastated. So much so that I was rebuked by the youth pastor that was still here at the time saying that more or less, I just needed to grow up a little bit. I needed to be able to be honest with him about the things that I was feeling and processing, but I needed to turn to God in prayer. And I just wasn't doing that. 
I was so deeply hurt that this church that I loved and cared for didn't see me in the same light that I thought God was calling me into. And it sent me into a little bit of a whirlwind and a funk. It took a while for me to realize that God wasn't done with me here yet. He had things that I just had to grow and learn through before he was going to call me into next steps of vocation and job. But it wasn't one that came easy. There is church hurt baggage, even here at the Compass Church. And I love the way that Jeff phrased it. The Compass Church is going to let you down at some point in time. We are in full agreement here that the church is the hope of the world And it is the bride of Christ, but it is made up of humans and humans will fail you. And I'll join and echo Jeff that if I have ever done that, I apologize. It is never the intent for our words or actions to cause you hurt or pain to the point where you are questioning God's goodness in your life. But I want to keep moving down this list with you because Christian hypocrisy, where do we see that at play? I can think back to a time when I was in youth group growing up, 16, 17, 18 years old, and I was being formed by a dynamic youth pastor and another youth leader. And it was one where I was just resonating. This youth pastor was spending intentional time with me. He was investing with me. He was pointing me to Jesus. I was growing in my relationship with Christ in that season. And I looked up to this guy. And guess what happened? A moral failure. I was devastated. I remember being in college, coming back home and having a conversation with my family to talk about how this man that I looked up to that was helping me grow in my faith wasn't living out the exact same things that he was asking me to do. And that was a really, really difficult one to grasp and to grapple with. How do you as a young person Grow to trust Jesus through the people that he is appointed to speak to you about him when you can't trust them anymore. I'll be fully transparent with all of you that I took a break from church life for a very short season. It's not the choice looking back that I would have made, but it's one I made in that moment. It took some time for me to heal and grow. It took a great college ministry at a wonderful local church called Willow Creek to help me grow through and past that season of my life. Now let's talk about personal failure because show of hands, how many of you are parents? This guy, I'm a parent. That means we get everything right all the time, right? We've got a manual that comes with it when we are parents of how to perfectly raise our kids and keep everything in check as we do it. And you want to know something that is absolutely not how it goes. I remember so clearly that I was a type of guy in college that would lose my temper, especially in terms of sporting events. I was hot-headed. I would fly off the handles quickly. Never to the point of violence, but I would raise my voice so regularly in a very, very ugly way. And I got to the point where as I was following Jesus, I'm like, I would never do that. I was having the Peter experience. I will never deny you, Jesus. Thinking to myself, I've grown so much in my relationship with Christ. I will never get to the point of losing my temper in a way where I will raise my voice in an ugly way. Fast forward, I have kids. You can see where this story goes immediately, right? Our kids don't make us lose our temper. 
Because that would imply that they are in control of our temper. We are in control of those sorts of things. But what our kids do know how to do is push our buttons. They do know how to be the mirror of yourself to the person you don't want to admit that you are. I remember the first time I was driving when we just had our oldest, Nora. She was probably a little over a year and obviously not understanding any of it. And she was just crying in the back seat. And for some reason, I absolutely lost it. And my wife was in the car and looks over at me and tries to just lovingly say, hey, you know, I know that Jesus was angry in the temple, but I think he probably did it in a healthy way and what you're doing isn't healthy. What she really meant to say in that very moment is, Jake, knock it off. That is absolutely inappropriate and incorrect. And you cannot treat your child in this way. And I heard the message behind the message there. But that scenario plays out over and over again every single day of my life. I'm a pastor. I'm here on staff. I love and care for you. I want to point you to Jesus and everything I say, speak, and do And I know that I fail that on a regular basis. I know even in the point of just talking with you today that I've screwed up in some of the things I've said and how I've said them. I know that I don't act the way I should all the time. I know there are days where I want to cheat out of following Jesus, of opening up my Bible. There are days where I would just rather be lazy. There are times when I actually do those things and I know it's not for my benefit and good. And when those things happen, in the back of my mind, I regularly think, I'm not even good enough to lead myself. How in the world could I lead other people and point them to Jesus when I'm failing, it seems like, day in and day out? It causes me to wrestle. Luckily, God is continuing to be good and gracious and kind towards me. And he's that way with you as well. But that leads to another point of these things that we see for why people deconstruct and it's life disappointment. This is one where my wife and I have talked candidly and openly about it to all of you in the past. So I feel like I can share it as well. We were pregnant for the first time. We were expecting a child. We were excited to meet Micah and God had other plans. We were into the second trimester, this safe zone of pregnancy, trying to figure out all of these different things of who Micah would be and what he would look like and act like. Whose eyes would he have? What personality would he have? Would he be taller like me or shorter like my wife? All of those things were playing out and then all of a sudden Micah died. Micah wasn't brought into this world in the way that we were expecting him to be. That miscarriage broke us. My wife turned intentionally through journaling and Bible study and prayer in a way that I am envious of in hindsight. And me, I shut down. I didn't want to deal with it. I remember not wanting to open my Bible for months uh, and I didn't. I wrestled with it in a way that I wish I would have done it differently. But it was one where I could see very quickly how when life disappoints you and doesn't go the way you have planned, the way you hope, the way you expect, you feel like you're getting the short end of the stick. How can there be a God who loves and cares for you when he would allow something this devastating to happen? And it was something where it took the book of Psalms 
getting to the point where I was saying, okay, I will be back in church. I will be back in a faith community. I will open my Bible again. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it in the hardest book I can imagine. And it was the book of Psalms. And I remember reading a verse where it it was written and it was saying that there will be a time where you are going to plant seeds with tears. But when you do that, you're going to reap a harvest with shouts of joy. Reading that verse reminded me that my struggles aren't mine alone. God is walking with me through every single one of them because he loves and cares for me. You know, the last point that Jeff brought up was about countercultural ways. You know, and I want to bring up the example of just self-reliance. You've been there. I've been there. You know, in my previous job, I did consulting and I did it pretty well and I ran a team, but I always thought I can do this job better than anyone else. You've been there too, right? Or you think maybe it's not that I can do this job better than anyone else, but you just have this really high inflated view of who you are and how you're wired and designed to where you think if I left this organization, it would collapse in itself because I just play such an important role here. Guilty. This guy right here, the one talking to you, guilty. I have had those exact same thoughts. Even as I was leading a team, I would think to myself, I can do this job so much better on my own. And it didn't stop there. There have been times in my working life here at church where I think really highly of myself. I think there is nobody else who could talk to a camera as great as you can, Jake. Uh, Really, that's absolute garbage. And I know that. And Again, you know that as well. I'm not the best at this job. I love getting to do it. I love getting to serve in those ways. But I have struggled with pride. And I have struggled with self-reliance. It's one of those things where I feel like, you know, we see it where we need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Or we need to just take some time to really self-care in these moments We see that over and over again. And even if that's not one where I wrestle with it as much, I do wrestle with it from season to season. And it reminds me of the Acts 2 model of church, right? We see in Acts 2 that all these people are together in one place. The power of the Holy Spirit comes. They start speaking in tongues. They are empowered and equipped to do the work of ministry. And they give to one another. They support and care for one another. Let's put it differently. They are in community together. The reason I wanted to use this point last is we're going to talk about deconstruction over the next several weekends of our weekend service. And we're going to talk about deconstruction over the next several weeks of our Midweek at the Compass podcast series. And my encouragement to all of you is if you are in a season of faith doubt, if you're in a season where you're walking through any one of these five points, hopefully you could see just how easy it is and how it, there is nothing new under the sun. That's Ecclesiastes. It lets us know that all of these ideas we've seen play out before. It's not a new concept. It's just a new term. We have wrestled with this idea of can we trust God? How do we trust God? Is there a God? We doubt him. We doubt his goodness. We wrestle through deconstruction. But my encouragement to you is to do so in the power of community. 
You can do deconstruction. It is okay if you are going through that season. I want to let you know that we are here for you. And if you don't have a community to be able to ask these kinds of questions to, or to have these honest conversations with, please know that here at the Compass Church, we would love to be that community for you. Whether it be joining a small group through one of our campuses, whether you and I just want to connect through a cup of digital coffee, whether you want to look at resources that we have on our website, books to read, topics to consider, all of it is available. Go to thecompass.net. Any of the things that I just rambled through, you can find resources for on our website. But mostly, we want you to know that this is a safe place for you to wrestle through these questions. And we want to encourage you to do it in community. So let's do that. Join us for a weekend service. Join us for midweek. Let's do it together and continue to wrestle through these big questions in life so that God willing at the end of the day when we come to it, we can know that he is with us, he is for us, and in the midst of everything, he is good and he loves us. And he loves you and he loves me. So we'll join us next time we are together here for our weekend service or join us next time where we are going to continue our deconstruction series here at Midweek at the Compass by being joined by Greg Howe. Greg works for InterVarsity. We're going to hear more about him and from him next week. And then we're going to have him in for a couple of weeks after that to talk about deconstruction in the next generation. And we're going to do that here at Midweek at the Compass. 